Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danger. Well, the Lightning pulled it off again last night. They continue to find ways to uh, to pull out these wins, and you know what? It's 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 incredible, and I think that that that's what this kind of what the kind of run they're going to have going into the playoffs. I think this is the perfect kind of style that they should be playing. That they they have all these players that are going to help them find all these different types of ways to win. And we're going to get into that a little bit later, but if you didn't listen to my the first episode of Locked on Lightning, uh, I, I mentioned the Blake Coleman trade. Uh, I'm just going to go and in, touch into it just again, just for those who didn't, who didn't listen to the last episode. So late Sunday night, the, the Lightning made a trade for Blake Coleman. They traded one of their top prospects, Nolan Foote. He was a 2017 NHL draft pick. And they also traded uh, their draft pick that they got from Vancouver in the JT Miller trade. Um, it's not a trade that I'm necessarily crazy about, but Blake Coleman is the the kind of player that I wanted the Lightning to get in the trade during the trade deadline before the trade deadline, and that was a player who could score some goals. He he scored he scored 20 goals in his last two seasons. Um, he right now he has 21 goals and 10, 10 assists through 57 games. So that's definitely a good sign and a definitely a good pickup. And as well, the thing that I like the most about him, he's a very physical player. He currently has 166 hits, which led the Devils. That's the team that Lightning got him from. So that's definitely something that I'm very excited about in this kind of player. He'll make his debut tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. So. I'm happy to have him on board. I'm sure a lot of Lightning fans are too. And speaking of the trade deadline, um, if you don't listen already, please give a fo- give a listen and a follow to Locked On NHL channel. Uh, they're going to be debuting their Eastern Conference trade deadline special today. Uh, you'll probably hear a little bit from me and a little bit of Lightning talk as some of the moves that the Lightning should make uh, before Friday's deadline. So... Maybe you'll you'll be enlightened to some of the needs that they need. Like I said, that I will say, I'll give you a little preview into what I said. I said that the Lightning need to bolster their uh, bottom six, and and I suggest that they maybe get a guy like Joe Thornton. But you know what? That's that was wishful thinking. Blake Coleman, I like him. I'm starting to warm up to him, so that's definitely a good pickup. So let's move on. To more pressing matters, let's let's take care of business. So, it's always a satisfi- satisfying feeling when you put out a prediction for a game, as I did the other day on my Twitter. And if you don't follow already, please give me a follow at AP Danker on Twitter. That's D E N K E R in Danker. So, I tweeted out yesterday saying that the Lightning were gonna. Get off to a sluggish start, but eventually get it together and figure it out and pull off the OT win 4-3. Now, if you watched the game yesterday, you could you you already know the result of the game. So it's definitely, you know, it kind of bolsters the ego a little bit. So if you could can't tell already, I'm a little bit chippier than I have been in my past segments of, you know, the last episode and the, you know, the trailer. So I'm a very I'm very happy today. Um and I'll try to put out predictions as many as as, as often as possible when it comes up, comes to upcoming games. So keep an eye out for that. 
And before we get into before I get into the the game recap, I want to give a shout out to the captain Steven Stamkos. This uh, the game against Colorado last night was his 800th career game. He went into the game with 419 career goals. Now this is a guy who, when he's healthy, has been absolutely incredible for the Lightning. And you know it's unfortunate that he's had to deal with a string of injuries that have kept him out for uh, for. An, certain significant amount of time especially when he broke his leg a couple of years ago but he's having a great season right now hopefully he stays healthy especially into the cup run so i can't wait to see what numbers he puts up at the end of the year now moving on to tonight's game the last night's game so the lightning pulled it off in overtime against the colorado avalanche and and like I said just a few moments ago, it was Stamkos' 800th career game. And it's funny that that was today because also it was, it's 11 years to the day that Steven Stamkos scored his first career hat trick. So I guess that's a pretty cool uh, stat right there. So I'm just going to jump right into it. Um, Andre Vasilevsky had the night off like I assumed he would. So Curtis McElhinney was in net. And... 4.49 into the first period, Andre Burakowski scores the, the power play goal. Um, it was a, it was an actual incredible pass um, from behind the net from Miko Rantanen. And the thing that, I, the problem I have with the play is that if you watch the replay, Rantanen is just hanging out behind the net looking for the open pass. And while this is all going on, uh, all four Lightning players are just staring at him. And that just allows Burakowski to just waltz right into the slot and have a pretty pretty easy shot on net. So Lightning already down early in the game. So the Lightning were off to a a slow start, sluggish start. And if you if you watched during the pregame, they 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 hinted at it saying that maybe the altitude in Colorado would play a role in this and you could definitely see they were skating around with heavy legs and 12 minutes into the first uh, McKinnon was skating down the ice. He got on a uh, breakaway, and McElhinney made a pretty good save on him, and thanks to Eric Chernak, kind of staying with McKinnon to kind of disrupt his shot a little bit. And if you listened to the last show, please give a listen. Again, uh, if you if you haven't already, uh, I always I said that Nathan McKinnon was one of the players to watch out for. He's definitely one of those guys that you can't let just – walk uh skate around the the ice and you know not keep an eye on him or he's gonna kill you every time he you know it was the lightning were pretty lucky that the score wasn't two nothing after that so uh good play by Curtis McElhinney to step up there and you know it was kind of the same thing for the rest of the first period the the lightning looked like they were just out of sync uh they they didn't really have a lot of clean shots on net and they didn't it they their passing wasn't as good as it normally was not a lot of crisp tape-to-tape passes, and I think that obviously going into that intermission um, was something that they absolutely needed, so they um, they went into the intermission with um, a minute left on the power play, and they um, and they didn't they didn't really do anything with that starting in the second. They just, uh, it was more of the same from then, and then about a couple of minutes later after the power play ended for Tampa Bay, Sergachev attempted to take a, a slap shot at the blue line and just absolutely whiffed on it, which allowed Burakovsky to skate down the ice for a breakaway. And then 
Curtis McElhinney once again bailed him out. I it, if you look at the replay, it doesn't look like he got any pad on it, but if I I think he did just the way the the, the puck kind of like ricocheted off into the boards. And that's going to be some nights it's going to be like that where you're going to need your goaltender to step up and keep you in the game until the guys on the ice could kind of figure out, kind of get in a groove out there to to get the offense going. And then at 4.54, Andre Pallad found Alex Kalorn all alone on the doorstep for his 23rd goal of the season on a one-timer. And that that's definitely what turned the game around, I think, in my mind. If, if you look at where the Lightning started to play Lightning hockey, that's it was definitely the Kalorn goal that injected life into this team and kind of swung the pendulum the other way for the Lightning. And then about 65, 70 seconds later, Cameron Goss rips one from the blue line through traffic to give to give the, the Lightning their first lead of the night. Would, and that's what I'm talking about. The, the Kalorn goal definitely turned around. If you look at even the body language of the, of the guys on the ice and, and the guys on the bench, it was a whole different team from there on. And that was Gaunt's first goal since 2017. So this is the thing you're going to hear me talk a lot about as the season progresses is that you're going to, for this team to be successful in the playoffs, they can't just rely on their big name guys like Kucherov and Stamkos. They're going to need the, the Yanni Gords and the Cameron Gauntz to step up and score goals. And hopefully this, this let, this lets Gauntz, you know, kind of get on a little roll and maybe he could pop maybe five, five to 10 more goals before the season is over. That's wishful thinking. We'll see. And the thing that really stuck out to me, in the second period and throughout this entire game is that for as kind of sluggish as the Lightning were on the offensive side of the puck, they definitely made up for it on the defensive side of the puck. They really limited the quality of the Avs' chances, and that just shows how well-rounded this team is. You know, the Avs are obviously a very high-scoring game, and this is actually a really cool stat that I found out throughout the game is that the Avs have 81 goals in the second period this year, and that's a league leading stat which is absolutely incredible so it's even though they did score a couple of goals in this period they still the abs i think the lightning played very well and gave them a tough time in the in their own offensive zone to try and put quality shots on net and i think that speaks to headman and all the other defensemen sergachev so and i also have to give a shout out to the sorelli line with palat and Kalorn. they really did a, a very good job keeping possession of the puck uh, limiting nathan mckinnon's touches so then 13.43 into the second period, uh, Stamkos pokes in a loose puck after Francois makes the initial save on Braden Point. And just take a moment maybe after the podcast or just pause this and take a moment to look at the highlight of that, that goal. Stamkos is just falling to the ice, trying to do whatever he can just to, to throw the puck back into the net. And that's just that's just how it is with these goal scorers. And Stamkos being a goal scorer is that they'll find any way to put the puck in the back of the net. And actually, Point got the assist on that, so that actually extended Braden Point's point streak to 11 games now. So it's definitely you want to keep guys. You want to, I always am going to try and stress guys trying to get in a groove as well as guys staying in the groove. So having Braden Point have an 11 game point streak is definitely something that is a huge positive, and that looking forward, you want to try and get more players to have more more streaks such as this. And like I already mentioned, you know, it was very important for the Lightning to try and limit Nathan McKinnon on the ice. But of course, at 1826, they they failed in doing that just because, you know, Nathan McKinnon is such a great player. You know, he's you see him skate on the ice and he's he's just shot out of a cannon. He's definitely one of the fastest skaters in the league. 
behind Connor McDavid, of course. And I said in the last episode that Nathan McKinnon was definitely a player to watch. McKin so McKinnon gets the puck in the right circle, and then there's no defenders around him, no no other Lightning players around him, really. And he just skates up to McElhinney and just rips it to to put the game within one point. And I kind of already touched upon it, and I, and I know I'm going to be beating a dead horse, but... I cannot stress enough that the Lightning cannot give a player of this caliber space like that to do whatever he can on the ice. That's going to be something that they're going to work on. But if this was a playoff game and you give a guy, for example, like like Alexander Ovechkin in the playoffs, who was a player that the Lightning might have to face this year, you, you can't give a player like that, like I just said, that, that kind of space to just do whatever he wants because that, that will come back to bite you. So 8.51 into the third period, kind of a scary moment when JT Confer collides with Curtis McElhinney. Now, it McElhinney was completely vulnerable, and he almost kind of somersaulted after the hit. But, you know, he was checked out by the trainer, and he stayed in the game. So, you know, that was good. Hopefully, in the coming days, there's no reports that come out saying that he's banged up because that would, that would really be a, a blow. Not a significant one, but it would definitely be kind of a setback for the team to, you know, now they got to worry about a backup goalie. But the play resulted in a goalie inter interference on Comfort, and then Maroon and Sergachev both were assessed roughing penalties after the two teams got into a skirmish. Obviously, you know, you want your players to stand up for your goalie whenever something like this happens, but I think that, I think the players need to be smart when they're standing up for their goalie, which I don't have a problem with, but you need to be on the, you need to be careful not to get a, a penalty that could result in a, in a game-tying goal. So the Lightning end up killing off the penalty, but they failed to have a line change, and the players were gassed on the play. And this resulted at 12.43, uh, a, a deflection in front from Valeri Natushkin, and there was really nothing Ma McEnany could do on the deflection there, but the game is tied 3-3, and nothing really happens until 14.30 where... Palat skates up the ice to try and lay a hit on Nathan McKinnon, and he ends up... McKinnon hits him right back, and, you know, Nathan McKinnon's a big, big guy compared especially to Andre Palat. And Palat gets a cut on his eyebrow. He ended up leaving the game for a little bit, and it resulted in this big skirmish between the Lightning and the Avalanche. Um, I didn't see anything wrong with the hit. Uh, I know his shoulder went into Palat's face and it resulted in a bloody nose and a cut on his eyebrow, but I don't think there was nothing malicious about the hit. But it, it resulted in an Anthony Sorelli cross-checking penalty, and like I said a couple of minutes ago, you can't be giving up penalties like that, especially to a team like the Lightning that are a very good team. They're a very good scoring team, and to, to lose a guy on the ice due to a, 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 a stupid penalty such as that, you can't be doing that because then you're just – you're almost giving away free chances to a high-caliber scoring team, and that's never good. And the period ends with uh, the Lightning and the Avalanche really just trading two scoring chances scoring chances after another, but nothing really coming out of it, of course. So they, they end up in overtime, and we'll get into the Kucherov goal in a second, but McElhinney made two very good pad saves on Samuel Girard, which throughout this game, I think... In my opinion, Curtis McElhinney wasn't really challenged. He didn't really have to face a lot of tough shots. But at the same time, he in in the really tough situations, there was a lot of instances where he had to uh, 
make multiple saves on shots that were right in front and they were coming from rebounds. And I think he did a very good job at that. And it's very good to have a guy like that sitting behind Andre Vasilevsky where you could feel confident sitting Vasilevsky every now and then and having a guy who you know is going to come in and be solid in that for you. Now, obviously, onto the play of the night. Now, before the goal, uh, Kucherov tried had a scoring chance in front where I'm not really sure who it was on the lightning, but he he got his stick hit out of his hand and he was looking for a penalty and obviously there was no penalty call on the play. So Kucherov goes back to the bench, gets another stick, and then he comes out, forces the turnover, and then skates down the ice. And now he's got Nathan McKinnon behind him, who, like I said, is one of the, the fastest players in the NHL. And he's so he's just pushing the puck as far in front of him as possible. So at least all he has to worry about is outskating McKinnon. And then he just goes five-hole and calls game, which, you know, it was absolutely incredible game from the first period on till this. And it's also incredible when, you know, my predictions happen and they come true. So that's the 11th straight win for the Lightning, a franchise record, and the Lightning are just playing the best hockey that they've played all season, of course. And like, I, like the whole theme throughout this whole winning streak is that you're, every night it's a different hero, whether it was Vasilevsky or Kucherov tonight and Yanni Gord last week. So definitely there's going to be a different hero every night, and that's that's something that you got to look forward to towards the playoffs because it's, like I just said, it's not going to be the same guys every night. It's not going to be Stamkos. It's not going to be Vasilevsky. There's going to be nights where Vasilevsky is not going to be up to par, and he's going to need his scorers, not even Stamkos and Kutra. He's going to need the Palats. He's going to be need the Kalorns to bail him out. So... That's what I love seeing out of this team right now. Now, a segment I'm going to be doing after every game recap, I'm going to be talking about my star of the game. Now, last night's star, NHL's official star of the game last night was Nikita Kucherov, of course, because he scored the game-winning OT goal. But my star of the night was Alex Kalorn because his goal in the second period turned the, the game completely around for the Lightning. Uh, it changed the mode. It set the pace for them. And he's having an absolutely career season right now through 58 games. He's has 23 goals, 21 assists, and a plus-minus of 19. And, you know, he's three points away from a career high. And I think it's guys like this that make or break a Stanley Cup run. Um, I, I think that the way he's playing right now, I think he's going to end up with, um, I'm going to say, 32, uh, wishful thinking, 35 goals, but put me down for 32 goals. I think that um, he's absolutely playing incredible right now. He's, even everyone on, that, on the Kaloran line with Palat and Sorelli, they're playing absolutely incredible hockey. They're my favorite lineup to, that John Cooper puts out night in, night out. So, And I want to hear from you, the listeners, what who you think your, your star of the night is. So after every game, I want you guys to tweet at the... At the Locked On Lightning Twitter page at LO underscore Lightning or email us at gmail at LockedOnLightning at gmail.com or even tweet to me at AP Danker on Twitter and tell me who your star of the night is. And I would love to hear back from, you know, your opinions on maybe why you think a certain player earned that, right? So... The Lightning get a little break after this game. They they don't have another game till Thursday, and that's against the Vegas Golden Knights. And that will be the first time we'll see Blake Coleman, the new addition that I mentioned at the top of the show from the New Jersey Devils. I'm curious to see how Coach Cooper fits him into the lines 
obviously obviously the Sorelli line is my favorite and you know you definitely don't want to miss mess with that the way they've been playing lately so maybe we'll I'd imagine he'd be put on the third line with Paquette, Johnson, and Maroon and splitting time with one of those guys. Just to bolster them, you know, the scoring on that. Um, but I, we won't know till Thursday. So until then, we all we could do is speculate about the line combinations. So the Vegas Golden Knights are, they have 70 points right now. Uh, they're, t- they're in second place in the Pacific Division in a tight race behind the Edmonton Oilers. And obviously the player to watch other than Marc-Andre Fleury, who, you know, has still got it, is their two top scorers, which are Max Pacioretty with 27 goals, and he leads the team in goals. So, obviously, no matter what team it is, you always have to keep an eye on the leading goal scorer for the opposing team. And the other player to watch is Mark Stone. He has 37 assists, uh, 57 total points, and he leads the team in both those those categories. So, those are definitely the two top players you got to worry about. But... I have the utmost confidence in this team, uh, like I like I said before, and I'm going to continuously repeat it. I think they are the most well-rounded team in the NHL, just because even if their their scoring is not on par on any given night, you could always rely on them to play lockdown defense and just to wear out the other team until they just figure out whatever it is they're going on the offensive side of the puck. And I fully expect uh, Vasilevsky to be in net on Thursday night just because you don't want to give him too many days off between starts just because you want to keep him fresh and in-game speed. And I bet uh, Marc-Andre Fleury will be in net Thursday night as well for the Vegas Golden Knights. So Lightning fans get to see a pretty awesome uh, goalie matchup between those two guys who you have one guy who, for the Vegas Golden Knights, who... who was the top goalie in the league, well, one of the top goalies in the league for a number of years with Pittsburgh. And a lot of people think, you know, once he goes to Vegas that he's washed up, he's at the end of his career, and he leads them to a Stanley Cup final appearance in their first year. And so I think he's had a bit of a resurgence there. So it's definitely always a treat to see two goalies go at it. You have one, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, I still think, is one of the top ten goalies in the league. And then you have Andre Vasilevsky, who is by far, by leap and bounds, the top goalie in the entire league. So, you know, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. And having said that, I my prediction for tonight's game is going to be a 2-1 Tampa Bay win. If Flurry and Vasilevsky play, um, you never know what's going to happen. I, I assume they're both going to be in that, but um, we'll, we'll see then Thursday night. And going forward, obviously, I'm not always going to pick the Lightning to win. You know, I'm going to be obviously a little biased just because I'm rooting for the Lightning on a nightly basis, of course. You know, this is a Lightning podcast, so of course you're going to have a Lightning fan running it. But I I, I think that they're they're playing the best hockey right now in the league. Um, that I don't think there's really any team in their immediate future that's going to give them issues. Uh, so the Lightning, of course, have Vegas on Thursday, and then they have a game in Arizona on Saturday, and then they finish up February with playing Toronto on Monday, Chicago on Thursday, and then Calgary on next Saturday night. So so I could see them finishing up this road trip 3-0 and and then going back home and maybe taking two, two, out of, two out of three, maybe losing to maybe, I would probably have to say Toronto is the best chance for the streak to end. Hopefully not. But then again, four of their five next opponents are all playoff-bound teams if the season were to end today, and that is 
just for those who are not aware of what the standings are. That's Arizona and Calgary in the wild card, and then Toronto and Vegas also making it through the top three in the division of their respective division. But don't discount Chicago. You know, in the in the National Hockey League, there's no such thing as an easy game. So every game will be a challenge. You know, you never know. They they might have a game uh, against Chicago next week where that might be similar to tonight, where they come out sluggish. Um, and you know, especially when you have Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves on the other side of the ice, it's always going to be a challenge for as well as your goaltender. So. You definitely gonna have, they're definitely gonna have their hands full that night, but we'll worry about that in next week's episode on Wednesday. But until then, we just have to worry about Vegas right now, which will, like I just said, will take place on Thursday night. It's a ten o'clock puck drop, so it'll be another late night for Lightning fans. So, you know, get the pot of coffee out, and you know, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a good goaltending matchup. So, that's it for the show. I want everyone to have a great Tuesday. Uh, again, check in on the Locked On NHL Eastern Conference trade deadline uh, special today. Uh, give it a follow. Give the show this show, Locked On Lightning, a follow. And if you want to contact us, tweet at us at LO underscore lightning. And shoot us an email at LockedOnLightning at gmail.com. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow and have a great one. Go Bolts.